Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Um, I want to begin to open today's message. I want to preach a message today called Big Mess, Bigger God. Have you ever made a mess in your life? You don't have to lift your hand, but I'm willing to bet most of us have made a mess of of things in our life before. Uh, When I was a child, my sister and I mixed Play-Doh with water, and we painted the entire kitchen. I got in a lot of trouble. It was a lot of fun making a big mess, right? Um, How many of you know that I had the power to make the mess, but I didn't have the power to clean it up? I think as humans, we're, we're a lot like this. I was thinking about Hurricane Ian recently, and uh, lots of power. got a few images to show, and we as a church are, are going to be giving through our network, and so we actually, you know, we always want to make sure we budget correctly, so when there is a crisis and a need, we'll be, be giving through our network for that. But, uh, you know, this was, this was recent, right? Like, this, this just happened, Category 4, and did a phenomenal amount of damage, um, and it kind of came out of nowhere, you know, didn't it? It just it seemed like just nothing, and then here, here we go, and incredible flooding, incredible damage. How many of you know that, that Hurricane Ian had the power to make a mess, but doesn't have the power to clean it up? So lots of power to, to make a mess, but no, no power to, to actually clean the mess up. And, and we, we are like this as human beings sometimes. We have the power sometimes to make a mess, but we don't have the power to make it right. We don't have the power sometimes to clean it up. We don't have the power sometimes to restore things back the way they, they should be. And this is why we are in great need of a man named Jesus. And today I want to walk us through a few uh, biblical characters and, and just kind of share their story a little bit and then wrap it up with some real practical takeaways uh, for us on, on Big Mess, but bigger God. And, and as I share their stories today, it's never my heart to just open up a biblical character and, you know, expose all their business, right, and put them down. That's, that's not the heart of, I think, any preacher. Or, and it's not the heart of God. I think God put their stories in here in their entirety, not necessarily to embarrass them, but so that we might all learn and that we might all walk away with some hope. If God could do that with them, what could God do with me? Because sometimes when I read the Bible and I see how messy it is, I'm like, well, there is hope for me, right? That's not that bad. Like, if God could do that with them and he could change them from that, then what could he do in my mess and what could he do for me? And so that's really the heart today. Let me pray, and then we'll jump into a few stories today. Heavenly Father, thank you for being here. God, it's just good to be in your presence. Like the psalmist said, better is one day here than a thousand days anywhere else because there's life, there's joy, there's peace, uh, there's shelter like Matt was talking about in your house. And God, today we celebrate that we get to be together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We get to celebrate and experience your presence. And God, we want to be transformed by your word today. If you believe that with me, say amen Amen. and amen. All right. Uh, I want to first begin to talk this morning uh, from Samson's story and Samson's perspective. He's one of the judges 
Uh, it was at a time that God was leading the nation of Israel through the judges and a time when Israel had, had drifted, rebelled a little bit, and now the Philistines were kind of occupying and, and had taken over their land in that area. So God raises up Samson uh, to be a deliverer. And so in this period of time, God was raising up different deliverers to lead the people and, and uh, deliver them from, from their oppressors at the time, which at the time were the Philistines in this story. And, and Samson starts out and he, he falls in love uh, with a young woman, and, and his, his lane and his boundary that, that God that had set the rule for like all of his people, he wanted them to marry other people of faith and in that culture at that time, right? And so there was a reason this similar thing exists in the New Testament where it says don't be unequally yoked. And if you're a believer, God was hoping and wanting you to connect to another believer. Why? Because he knows when you go through the challenges of life, you need someone to lean on and pray with. Right? It's not an exclusion thing, but you need a teammate when you go through the challenges of life. Right? I mean, I have leaned on my wife at different times, and I am glad she knows Jesus, and we can hold hands, and we can pray, we can thank God and cry together and ask God for things together. There's something in that, in that partnership, right? So that's God's heart. It's not an exclusion thing. It's, that's God's heart behind, behind the matter. So, so Samson kind of leaves his lane and leaves his boundary, leaves the boundaries that God created for him. Right, and then in a weird, messy scenario, right? They're at the wedding festival, right? And and so he makes this little riddle and little challenge, and then the guys are like, "We don't know," so let's go to his wife and basically beg her and threaten her to tell us. And then they do that, and then it gets messier. And then Samson kills some people. This is Old Testament people, okay? Can't do that now. And then and he like grabs stuff, and then and then they get mad and they retaliate, and then they they burn her dad and and her. And before that happens, the dad gives her away to another guy, and it is a mess. Like this is messy. Messy Jerry Springer. Did you watch that as a kid, right? Like me. Okay, we shouldn't have, but it was the 90s. And, you know, and it's like, it's a mess. You're looking at, you're watching it play out. You know, some of the things I watch play out on Twitter, and I'm like, well, that's messy. Like, I'm just going to keep on scrolling. Like, I'm going to have a good day on purpose today. It's, it's messy. This is humanity. It's messy. And, and, and Samson, I think, walks away from that kind of probably with a broken heart. And, and the, the reason I think that, and I don't want to look into it too much, but the reason I think that is from here on out, all of his relationships are now with prostitutes. He never tries to get married again. He gives up, I think, on the, even trying for a healthy relationship, and his relationships are just with prostitutes from here on out. And then and in the end, he falls in love with one, Delilah, who actually turns around and betrays him and sells out his secrets, right? You want to be in a relationship with people who don't sell your secrets. We could have church with that right there. And so she sells out his secrets, and they come and they attack him, and he ends up in jail, right? He gets tortured. They gouge out his eyes. It's just a terrible, terrible landing, right? And, and there's something going on in the heart of Samson. He's, he's never really willing to, to live in the lane that God had for him. And then because of that, he's experiencing lots of pain in his life. Sometimes rebellion and pain kind of has this really nasty cycle in our hearts and in our lives. And sometimes the mess that we're in isn't our fault, and sometimes it is. And we don't think like that as people. We're like, it's their fault. And, you know, but what about our, our side and our angle, right? So it's just this really nasty mess. And the end of his life, I don't think is, it didn't end the way that God wanted it to end because of some of the mess that he created and where he constantly was was drifting and going to. Okay, let's pause that story. I want to look at another one. So here you have Samson 
And I would say he always struggled living in the lanes and the boundaries that God gave him, right? He's, he's struggling, and now he's hurt, and because of his hurt, he just can't get into healthy relationships for anything, right? He just, there's a broken piece, it's like a broken wheel, and it just won't turn. He, he's struggling, right? And like Samson, there's a lot of us, we have a hard time living in the lane that God has for us. Listen, when God gives you a boundary, it's not to ruin your fun. It's not to ruin your fun. It's to keep you free, right? The, the, the funny thing, the deceptive thing about sin is, is we think in the time being that we actually know better than God. That's just one of the deceptive little things about sin. It's like, oh, no, no, I know you said this, but I feel like this. And that's okay. We're all people. I get it. It's messy. But I want you to wrestle through a little bit of, of Samson's angle. Let's, let's look at Abraham now. I want to look at Abraham. Abraham had a lot of money. He had a lot of power. He had a lot of ability to do whatever he wanted, right? I mean, he was very successful in a lot of ways. He was married to his wife, Sarah, but he lacked one thing. He wanted a son, right? He wanted a son. Uh, God says, hey, I want you and your family to go. What does Abraham do? He brings his nephew, Lot. Probably just that emotional need. I, I need a son, God. I got to bring this guy, Lot, along with me, right? I preached a message once, like you have a lot to get rid of. What's interesting about bringing Lot, they had problems, right? They're fighting over territory. There's the Sodom and Gomorrah rescue. It's just, he, he would get captured. It's just, it's just a challenge. There's nothing, the moment Lot joins the journey, it's nothing but problems, right? It's just nothing but problems. And as, as Abraham's story goes on, he keeps having this emotional need of, I want a son, right? God promises he'll deliver. He's struggling, believing God's promise. How many of us today might be, if we're honest, I'm struggling, believing God's promise in my life, right? And it's okay. It doesn't make you a hypocrite. It makes you a human being. And so he's struggling. He's got this emotional need. Having an emotional need by itself is not a bad thing. We all have emotional needs. How we go about meeting those emotional needs can sometimes take us to some pretty wild places. So can you and I trust God with our needs? Can I trust him in my boundaries, in my lanes, and where he wants me to actually live and experience life? And can I trust him with my emotional needs as I have them? And so one day his wife Sarah comes to him and says, listen, God's not fulfilling his promise, right? It's like the first line out of her mouth is, God ain't going to do it, okay? So here's what I want you to do. I've got this servant. I want you to sleep with her, and I'm going to have a baby through her. How many of you know it's about to get messy, right? Like it's, a, it's about to get messy. And so she gets pregnant, Right? Now they have a baby. Now she thinks she's better than Sarah, which makes Sarah angry, and she flies off the handle, right? And it's just like this terrible, messy situation, and everybody involved gets hurt. Everybody involved gets hurt. An emotional need that I tried to meet my way. Can I tell you that a lot of my own personal messes in life have come from this right here, me trying to meet a need my way and not God's way. As I've matured in Jesus, I've learned, like, yeah, I have that need, but, God, i got to trust you with it because there's nothing I can do about it, and I'm just going to rest on it and trust you in the process. But it's hard to do, right? So that's, that's Abraham, right? He's got this emotional need, keeps coming up in again and again in his life, and he makes a lot of bad decisions from an emotional need. Let me talk about King David for a little bit, and then we're going to bring it together. You know, it's, I know I'm picking on a few different people, but I want you to see a few different angles from the Bible. What gets humanity in trouble from time to time. Y'all tracking with me so far? Okay, I know I'm teaching this a little bit, but I, I think this is healthy for us. This is good. So you've got King David. The Bible even says, this is a man after my own heart. I mean, that's a pretty good compliment, right? Let, let, me, let me put Calvin on blast. Where's Calvin at? There we right there, right in front of me. 
dude, this man was out here this morning, first thing, picking up trash outside, so you all didn't even have to look at it. Okay, he's just like a servant of servants. Like, he had the gloves on, he got the bag, he, he is just like, and I'm like, Calvin, you're just like amazing. Like, this man hustles, hustles, hustles from the moment he gets here. Like, every weekend, he's like in a sweat, like, you know, just to get ready for church. And, and I said, bro, you got to slow down and save something for, like, the guest experience team, you know? So they, and he's like, well, I just want to do it now. And I'm like, but that's just, he's just a servant heart, right? Like, how many of you know, and that's, that's a compliment to you, Calvin, you're doing a great job. But how many of you know, like, when God says, this is a person after my own heart, that's a good compliment, like, that's a pretty high compliment. God is saying, this person's got my heart, man. They're a person after my heart. Like, they, they, there's some relationship. There's depth. There's, there's deepness here. Like, that's a beautiful thing, right? So here you have King David, right? The Bible says there's a time when the kings went off to war. David stayed at home, okay? This is where it starts to get messy, okay? So he should be out there fighting his battles, but he stays at home, and then he sees a woman bathing. Now it gets real messy, Okay? How many of you know that if you are where you're supposed to be, that keeps you from a lot of bad things, first of all? Like, be where you're supposed to be. I don't want to hang on that too long, but let's just, let's be where we're supposed to be, okay? God's got a calling on your life. He's got a plan. He's got a destiny. Are you plowing that field that God gave you, right? Like, are you being a faithful steward of what the land and the thing and the calling that God called you to do? That keeps you, like, out of most of trouble, just being busy what you're supposed to be doing. Because here's the thing. When you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, and then you watch this, and you get bored. Let me talk to my men for a second, okay? Like, guys, 99% of our problems come from, we, I'm just bored. I don't know what to do. There's a woman. You know, it's like, hello, like, like bored. I need to be busy in the thing that God has for me, in the thing that God gave me. So he's not where he's supposed to be, and he's bored. So he sees her bathing, and he says, hey, just call, call for her, right? This, this, you, there's no court. There's, when you're in a kingdom, whatever the king says just goes, right? There, there's no news channel to call and, and say, you know, there's, the, you can't, there's nothing, right? So it's, it's really more of an abuse situation that we have here than an affair, right? People are like, oh, it's an affair. It's like, actually not, not really. It's a little darker than that, right? And so, so you have this terrible situation, right? And even when they bring, he says, actually, she is the daughter of and the husband of. Basically, what he's saying is, is, is she comes to King David. He says, hey, hey, man, listen, this is somebody's daughter. This is somebody's wife. In other words, she don't belong to you. She don't belong to you, man. So you have, you have David in this really dark moment of lust. If I had to define lust in its just simplest form, it's I want to take something that's not mine. I want something that doesn't belong to me. And so, and so he's got this moment of greed, this moment of lust. He's a great guy. He has a bad moment. He's got a real bad moment. And as we approach this story, I think it's good for all of us to be humble. I had a pastor once tell me, he said, you know, be humble. He goes, everyone is three bad decisions away from being on the night, nightly news. <laughs> I was like, that's actually kind of true. You and I are just a few bad decisions away, a few weeks away from, you know, being on News Channel 7 ourselves. So let's just be humble but let's follow Jesus, right? And so, so he's got this bad moment. He's got this really bad moment. She gets pregnant. God judges that one. The baby dies, right? It's, it's a terrible thing. He lies about it. He covers it up. In the end, he ends up having her husband killed on the battlefield. It's like murder. I mean, it's just, it goes from lust to lies to murder. It's dark. It's messy. God comes. He confronts him. Finally, David repents, right? And then in that moment, there's like this beautiful turn, but some consequences never, never quite left his story. 
Why am I exposing these different men in these different stories today? Okay? Again, it's not to embarrass them, but I want us all to learn. We as Christians, even though we follow a lovely, wonderful, beautiful Jesus, you and I are still human beings. And even great people can have bad moments. You and I still have emotional needs. All right? Come on. Let me just be real and let me pastor you. I know everybody's like so quiet today. I know I came for you all today. Okay? But, but and, and, and so we have these emotional needs. And we all struggle living in the lanes that God created for us. We all do, right? It's just like my children. Hey, don't do that. What's the first thing they want to do? They want to do it, right? It's just our flesh. It's just it's what kicks in, right? I, I had a I had a young man in uh, uh, when I years ago when I was a youth pastor, and he would sit in the back. He didn't listen to anything I ever said. Nothing, right? Like just nothing I ever said, right? One day, one day he comes and and he's he's freaked out. He's just terrified. I said, well, "What's up, man? Like you know how you doing? Like what's going on?" And I'll call him Daniel. It's not his real name, but I'll just you know, protect his story today. And, and uh, but he came and he said, I'm terrified. I'm like, what's wrong? He goes, I got my girlfriend pregnant. And he's, he's a teenager, right? Doesn't know what to do. And I said, okay, well, you know, let's, let's start at the beginning, man. Like, what about you and your relationship with God? Where's that at? And that day he gave his life to Jesus. It's a beautiful story, right? So God took this wild thing in his life and he started with Jesus. Today, I'm so happy to tell you he's got a beautiful son. He's a real estate agent. He's doing well. And God led him to the Lord, and he's doing wonderful today. It's a beautiful story. But God took the mess, right, and he preached a message to him that day. Every single one of these characters, God looks at them in their moment. They have a big mess, but here's here's the hopeful part. They have a bigger God. Samson gets to the point. He's in jail. His eyes are gouged out. He's been tortured. And he reaches out to God. And he's like, God, would you come on me one last time? And there's this beautiful moment. God comes on him one more time and restores his relationship with God. After this moment with Ishmael, Abraham gets to a point, I believe, in his life. And I think so because everything turns around from there. Isaac still comes right on time. In fact, the Bible says that God fulfilled the promise at the exact time that God wanted to do it. And Abraham stopped trying to meet his need, his way. He trusted God, and he got the promise right on time, right? Now Abraham is what? He's the father of our faith. Messy, right? And then, and then you've got King David, right, who, who repents from this, like, terrible nightmare of a mess. And he repents. He comes back to God, and God chooses David and Bathsheba's second son, Solomon, to secede him as king. God uses the mess. Sometimes, guys, God will bless your obedience, and sometimes God in his love and his mercy will pick the mess to bless. And he'll look at your weakness, and he'll look at the down places and the broken places, and he's like, that is what I'm going to visit in your life. That's what I'm going to use. This is the God we serve. Big mess bigger God. So today, if you are in a mess, if you've just gotten through a mess that you've created, you know, and hopefully you don't head into a mess, but if you ever do, tuck this in your heart. I have five more minutes. Here's what I want to sow in your life to take away and begin to apply. Number one, church, put the shovel down. There's an old saying, if you find yourself in a hole, the first step is to put the shovel down. Sometimes we really do dig our own holes. We dig ourselves in our own messes. And step one is put the shovel down. Stop doing the thing that got you in the disaster in the first place. 
This is basic repentance, right? Repentance, what does it mean? It means to turn around. Think the other way. Do a 180. Stop doing the thing that you know you're not supposed to be doing and turn around and think differently and begin to act differently, right? Put the shovel down. Put the shovel down. Number two. Note number one and number two are hard. Number two, accept the consequences. We live in a generation where no one wants to take ownership for nothing. You cannot have healthy human relationships without taking ownership, and you definitely cannot have a healthy relationship with your heavenly Father without taking ownership. And this would be another part of repentance. God, I'm sorry for this. I take ownership, and I accept where I'm at, and I accept the consequences, and I thank you that you can start with me right now, but I'm willing to take ownership of this thing. David repented. Abraham repented. Samson repented. You know, my, my friend repented. Okay, there's a moment where it's like, I know I'm creating a mess, and I have to stop. So if you've made yourself a mess, stop and say, God, I accept where I'm at. I'm going to trust you right now, okay? Now the, the hopeful part. Why? Because when you take ownership, God will get real. When you get real with God, God will get real with you. When I was 17 years old, I was like, I'm in a mess. And I stopped and I took some ownership. And I said, God, if you're real and you love me, I need to know. Now, would you meet with me? I'm serious. When I got serious with God, man, God, God got serious with me. For years, I heard the gospel. I didn't want anything to do with it. But when I got real, God got real. Number three, follow Jesus to new beginnings. This is the hope-filled part. Your mess is not your end. Your mess is not your end. Jesus is full of new beginnings, new possibilities, new relationships, new pathways, new outcomes. Everything is fresh when you roll with Jesus. It really is. Like he picks you up right where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad it is, and he begins to start again. Romans 8, 28. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. All things. God will even use your mess to bring you to him, to bring you closer to him, and help you create a new outcome. Amen? Do you believe in a God like this? I do. Right? He takes you right where you're at. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. God, I made my mess. I trust you to clean it up. I had the power to make a mess, but I don't have the power to clean it up and make it right. But I trust that you do. And that's faith. And I have watched him do this again and again and again and again and again. This is the beautiful thing of Christianity. It is not that you and I are so awesome and so clean and so righteous. Have you ever read the Bible? It is a book of messy people. The Bible is not G-rated. It's not even PG. Okay? It's like mature rating on Netflix. Okay? It is a mess. These people's lives were a mess sometimes. It's not about them. It's about the God they served that turned their mess around, helped them, came to their level, and turned things around and blessed them. Amen? And if he did that for them, he can do that for you. Would you close your eyes with me as I wind down today? Heavenly Father, thank you for this message. God, thank you that you are good, that sometimes we do create a big mess, but we believe and we trust you today that you are a bigger God. And Lord, everybody in here today that might be in their own mess right now, I just pray by faith that they would lay that mess down God, that they would repent, they take ownership, and they would trust you now and walk with you to new and better places in Jesus' name.
Amen and amen. Would you give it up for Jesus one last time this morning? Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing day.